nobody listen to this shit. Welcome to the Beyond Our Service podcast, where two veterans with wives and kids pretend to know what they're doing in life. We look at the good, bad, and ugly and laugh our way through it all. So come join us as we go beyond our service. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today is Friday, April 16th. My name is Schick, and I am an introvert. And my name is Steven, and I am an extrovert. Here we go. Here we go. All right, all right, all right. Let's uh, let's get this thing going. Uh, Schick, man, how is your, uh, how's your all week? Right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm reading Green Lights. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading uh, Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights, Oh, that's uh, right. The, that's your next Junto. Yeah, for the upcoming Junto. And I actually just read, he like explains where that came from, where the all right, all right, all right line, which he completely made up. And I've uh, been saying it for the last like three days now. All right, excellent. Excellent. So is that what you've been doing all week, reading? Yeah, what that and work and life. And man, just working, got a new employee training him, and then um, just keeping up with uh we did baseball practice stepped that up uh my son's team lost last week while we were i was gone and um they didn't play well so we are taking a little bit more serious we brought it down hard on had a great practice tuesday had to get a little bit more That's right fun time mean. is over yeah we are not here to play have fun kids we are here to win let's not smile anymore that's right crush their spirit correct I was in California all week uh, with my kiddos, and uh, I need a vacation from my vacation. (laughs) No kidding, man. I can't believe it. It was exhausting spring break. It was awesome. It was amazing to see him and hang out, and we're in the midst of moving out there. So, uh, man, there's just a million different things going on. But, uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, You find a house yet? It's just one of those. Not yet. We're in the process. Market's insane, man. People throwing stupid amounts of cash off or money around, and yep, <clears throat> yep, it's, that's, uh, that's same crap going here, man. That's why we were we were hoping, and we're still waiting on the appraisal. But if if that comes back good, then we'll be moving to another house. But we made an offer before it got on. We didn't. We basically just gave them what they asked because we didn't want it to go to market. And so, hopefully, it appraises yeah. and we're good. But I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean, you guys are lucky that that even listing said most yeah. places are like you got to go 20 30 percent over listing to have a competitive offer like people are pricing it higher than market value and still knowing that they're going to get these ridiculous you know 20 percent over market valued offers and it's like I, I don't know how a lot of people are supposed to compete with some of this stuff well, not if not if you've got a what? a loan, especially if you have a VA loan. You're going to the back of the line, my friend. <clears throat> Conventional loans are a lot simpler. The uh, appraisal's a lot easier. And then if you've got cash on top of it, then you're you're set. It's definitely crazy. I mean, but it is what it is. So people want to move here and live here and do all that. I guess it's good. So you got to overpay for your house. <laughs> Yeah, great. As long as as long as the values keep going up, it is what it is. Yeah, that or I mean, if you move, like some people are talking about the bubble, you know, and and it's like, eh, I mean, I kind of plan on living here for the rest of my life, so bubble can go up and down all at once. I'm not, I'm gonna be around. Like it's not. Yeah. If it if the market sucks, I'll just live here five years longer until it's better, and I'll sell my house if I want to. But either way, there you go. All right, man. Well, what you got today. Dude, man, it's uh, been a kind of a crazy week, obviously, uh, with uh, current events and stuff going on. But uh, one thing that happened here, I think yesterday it came out, uh, that the Texas House has approved a bill that would allow people to carry a gun without a license. So it's called constitutional carry. Um, and I had some couple of people ask me this and, and kind of bring it up and not here, obviously. But um, Can I ask a, man, let me ask a quick question on that? Do yep. they have to? Do they have to have the gun registered to themselves in order to 
Yeah. To carry. Mm -hmm. They can't like, it can't just be any, right? No, it can't. It's so basically it doesn't mean it doesn't change any of the other laws, which you, so in Texas, we don't have a waiting period, but you do have to have a, a background check um, to buy a gun. So none of that would change. It just means that you don't have to go like right now, the way it stands is I have to have a license to carry in order to carry my gun in public, whether I can. So I, because it's a license to carry, you can either carry it, um, Open carry, which means people can see the gun, kind of like you're in Wild Wild West, which if you're going to open carry is as stupid as that is. And the reality is like 99.999% of people that I know that have a license to carry do not open carry. But if you're going to do it, you might as well have like a big gun belt with bullets all over it, maybe and like an old Colt 45, <laughs> because that's the only way that you should get it. It's, not, like, yeah, it's not cool to do that. It's really No, bad. unless you're doing that. Then it's like, okay, well, you went all the way, so you get some credit. Um, <clears throat> but then uh, you – so now, basically, you wouldn't have to take to – take, to get your license to carry, you have to take a class. You go through a more rigorous background check. Uh, you have to take a class on the laws of Texas, carrying guns and everything else, and then you also have to show a proficiency with your firearm. So you have a – um, like a qualification course. It's not a hard qualification course. I help uh, teach these courses, um, and I've helped uh, safety them, like basically being like a range safety yeah, officer. Like an RSO. Yeah. yeah. So I've done that, and I. it's because of that that I do not agree with this constitutional carry. I think that the license to carry class is great. Most And it almost all the time, any instructor I've ever heard give it, it is a great class on laws and just the reality of like hey just because it's legal to shoot someone because they're robbing you at night uh robbing your house at night uh, doesn't necessarily mean you should and it's mainly like you this is you get a license to carry to protect yourself and your family in a in a life or death situation and that's it if it's someone's taking your tv I've every instructor I've talked to has said, "Look, you got insurance for that. Like, it's not a big, it's not a big deal, like, dude. That's that protects them. That protects the gun owner from assuming that they have a right with use of their firearm in situations exactly. that they truly have no idea about. And for me, it's like if if I'm thinking about someone's going to have a gun around like a public area where I could be with like my kids." The thought mm -hmm. of them not having to have any sort of background or like knowledge or skill or anything in related to the gun that they're carrying, that's ridiculous. That is stupid. Yeah. I mean, and I think like part of it, so there's two parts in my, and this is just my opinion, but uh, I know I've been around guns and stuff. I have some experience there. Um, I think that one, I don't think it's going to be, if it does pass, it hasn't passed completely. It's not official yet, but if it does pass, I do not think it's going to be that big a deal. The reality is in Texas, we have castle laws, so you can legally carry your gun to your, from your house to your, or in your house without any kind of license. You can carry your gun from your house. You can conceal it from your house to your car. And then from your car to the place of work, as long as your place of work allows it. So that's like 90% of your day if your job right. allows you to have your gun with you. Uh, me as an employer, I do allow my people to have guns. I have also paid for most of them to go to get their license to carry because I think it's a great class and it makes them kind of have to shoot a little bit. Um, but And I know a lot of people that have said I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by 6 and – so I know a lot of people that haven't had it. They don't have it yet. They could get it legally. They just haven't taken the time to do it. And they they still carry. And but Here's my question, man. What What is so dire or beneficial about doing this? Like why – what is the benefit of it? Why, See, I don't know. So like that's what I don't there, – there's no – there seems to be no like necessary means to push this through at all. No, and I, I, I don't upside. really understand it other than just um, – I, I guess people don't see – I think it's most people that just don't see the value. They they think like 
you know, they've grown up with guns and they've grown up hunting and, and, uh, shooting and stuff. And, and in Texas, that's definitely very probably true. The vast majority of the people here have shot and, and been around guns and probably understand the safety to a degree, um, or how to handle them safely. But I've also been around, especially doing those classes and helping with those classes I've done. I've been around a ton of people who have never done it. Um, so I think that's part of it. Um, I think some of it's just that screw you federal government thing. But I mean, I mean, the reality, there's 14 other states that do have constitutional carry, which means you don't have to have a license of any kind. And some of them, yeah, you have to have a license. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with it, but I'm just saying like, like those states haven't imploded. So I think it's not like that big a deal. I What scares me is how many, is how many people do you think own a gun that have never shot? Oh, a handgun? A shitload. Yeah, that's that's insane. And then on top of that, there's 14 states that would say you can also carry that openly oh, in public. Well, and, and there's not even that's insanity, even just bro. The 14. Like I know in Alabama, my buddy that lives there, all you have to do is pay for like a $20 fee, and then you get to. There's no class. There's no background check. You pay a $20 permit fee, and you have your license to carry. So, all about the Benjamins. Exactly, which is fine. Like I I get that, but like Texas is one of the more stricter more rigorous license to carry states. That's why almost it has the most reciprocity between other states is so because of all the background check, all this, you got to get fingerprints. You got to do a lot of stuff to get your license to carry here as a resident of Texas. So man, I think that I was talking about this earlier and I've, I've said this many times. People have asked me many times. I am all for guns. I love guns. I shoot guns. I have guns, all that jazz. I also think that the government and the federal government shouldn't be able to take guns away or limit on how many guns. I also don't think that limiting the capacity of a magazine makes any sense. I don't think it's going to slow things down or make things less violent. I think people are going to be violent if they're going to be violent. My idea and my, I'm sure I'm not the only one or the first person, but my argument is to drive a car in the United States, you have to take a test. You have to prove that you know how to drive a car. That's a big responsibility. You can kill people with it, right? Mm-hmm. You have to take a light. You have to take a test in the state of Texas, and I think most states they have a hunter's education course. So in Texas, as a kid, you have to be within earshot of someone who has passed and completed their hunter's education course. It's not a hard course. And then when you're 16 or older, you cannot have a hunting license in the state of Texas until you have completed your hunter's education course. This is a simple eight-hour course that explains the law, the hunting laws of Texas, like trespassing laws and certain things that you may run into as a hunter, but then also gun safety and hunter's safety. And it's just an educational thing that you have to sit through if you want to continue to be able to buy a hunting license in Texas. There's a shitload of hunters. Everyone does it. It's just a part of the deal. Uh, it, the, the funds go to the government, uh, go to the state. Awesome. I don't see why we do not have, don't take away. You can buy whatever gun you want. Well, maybe not whatever, but you can buy all the guns you can buy right now. I saw, I don't think machine guns are probably, you probably should. It's okay. To, I don't want yeah, to buy a 240 Bravo. I'm gonna go with a no on that. Yeah. Or a mini gun. Like I'm, that's fine. But I don't understand why you can't just take an education course a gun education course by the time between the ages of 16 and 18 or after you're 16, you're eligible to take it, but you still can't buy a gun until you're 18. But if you want to buy a gun or an AR or a rifle, you got to take a hunters or a gun education course, go out there, do the safety and maybe shoot a gun or whatever. Um, and even that may not even be because in the hunter's education, you don't have to shoot a gun. So maybe that's not exactly uh, necessary, but it's, I, th- I think there's a lot of laws. There's a lot of stuff. Like, man, in Texas, dude, I think you it should. A gun on you. I mean, if no one, if if someone has a gun, they've never shot it. They have no idea what the recoil is. They have no right. idea of like anything. Like, I, it, it seems wild that someone can just buy a gun having never shot it or understand anything about it. Like, dude, that's nuts. Well, and like, and- I'm not saying I'm not saying take any like take the right away from getting it, but like right. what you're saying. You shouldn't be able to just be have no idea about yeah. this, something that like is meant 
to inflict deadly force and then just be like, well, I'm sure they'll figure it out and be responsible. Like, no. And I, it's, and that's I, not I a great say, precedence. Like just to get it going, I wouldn't say you need to, you can't, you don't have to limit, like your dad can still hand down guns. Um, you still have to like, cause, and then you can still like do all the things you want to do. You just have to take this course the only logistical problem I could see as far as like getting people to shoot is what gun are they going to shoot? Uh, cause handguns are way different. That's a way different kind of course and class and qualification than it is with like a shotgun or a, a hunting, a bolt. Hunting and you just rifle. have classes. You have classes, man. It's the same as like you get a license at the DMV. Doesn't mean you can go drive an 18 wheeler. That's true. Yeah. You could just get sort of different certifications. Okay, cool. And then the NRA can make money off this cause they're instructors. You got the states are going to make money off of this. I mean, I don't see why nobody doesn't do it. And you, it's just a one-time deal. You don't have to do it every year. You don't have to do whatever. That's another thing with a license to carry that I like, and I think it should be more often, is every five years you have to go back and requalify and show that you're still proficient with your pistol. And so I just – I think those are all good things. And the, mm -hmm. the kind of the crazy thing with the constitutional carry too is you're not going to take away – the laws aren't going to change. When it comes to carrying a gun, there's a lot of laws that I didn't know. Like you can't have in Texas, you can't have a gun loaded that's within arm's reach and visible. So if a cop comes in and he's like giving you a speeding ticket and he can see a gun visibly and you're able to get it and it's and it's ready it better, to shoot. And better loaded, be unloaded. If it's loaded, yeah. that can be a problem. Now, sometimes if you have a license to carry, sometimes they, they're not going to mess with you or they may just say look you, you can't have that you got to hide it it needs to be somewhere it can't be readily available but mm -hmm. that's a law and like in mo i didn't know that and then there's man there's some huge consequences if you're drinking and you have a loaded gun near you it's a felony as you it can't be. you're exactly i'm not saying so like that's not going to go away if you have right. three, four beers and you're over the legal limit and you have a loaded gun on you or near you or in your car that's readily reachable, dude, you're screwed. And so now you're going to have people with a constitutional carry that that if they don't have to take this course, they don't have to learn any of these laws, man, they're screwed. They're going to make some yeah, it can protect them. People. It can pr yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're going to get people that are going to get some massive tickets or felonies, and they're gonna, they have no idea that they're committing a felony. So. It just seems to me in the in the fight in the fight or the the tense conversation of guns, this just doesn't seem to be. I'm not sure why this is on a high priority of legislation in Texas. That's just what kind of confuses me. But I'm I, so honestly, I I know the one thing I do know. I'm I'm still I'm not really defending it um, because I do think it's a stupid idea. Uh, I know they've been trying to pass it for years. It's come up probably every year for the last 20, 30 years. They've been trying to get rid of it or get it to pass. But I think now in this in this political climate, it's starting to – it's gained more traction. And it's I think it's more of just an F you to Biden and all that stuff that's going on. And, and really, it probably wouldn't pass if it wouldn't get this far if he would not have come out like two weeks ago and started saying that he's going to start limiting or even – mentioned that he's going to do anything with guns i guarantee you it probably yeah, wouldn't have just gone. the knee jerk it, reaction. it gets killed every time now yeah. with all yeah. of that all of a sudden you've got even more people that are like screw it you know we're just going to make it where you can't touch us but whatever that's uh i know the gun issue's not going away i'm sure we'll have other other times to talk about yeah man i just i was where, wish that, they would. where that stuff's going you know, I think it's a pipe dream, and I think it's a dangerous dream to just think that you can get rid of guns here in this country. And um, so I think you need to embrace it. And I think you need to just like it's, you know, you embrace everybody's going to drive a car. Okay, cool. Well, then you need to learn how to freaking drive a car. And then you got to prove that you know how to drive a car. Same thing with right. guns. They're they're great. They're awesome. They're great tools, but they're also dangerous as shit. And you need to know how to do them, how to mess with them. I've seen people do some crazy stuff on a range then they're lucky they didn't shoot somebody and they're lucky they didn't shoot themselves. Scary stuff. Yeah. Anywho, uh, you're an introvert and I'm an extrovert. And that is all I have for Segway. Awesome. Well, let's say, all right, you, we wanted to talk about this. Yeah. 
Thank you. Show's Thank over, you, Chris. guys. Thank Short- you. Shortest one ever, and you guys are probably like, finally, they listened to us. They made it 15 minutes and stopped talking. <laughs> but you're, you're not you're not quite that lucky yet. No. You hit me up, and you were like, I want to talk about introverts and extroverts, and then you sent me this test online. Mm-hmm. I remember what was the name of it on like psychology today yeah to get like your your social score basically of like what you what you are on the scale um it's out of 100 right yeah it's like 87 it's a random number nine, nine. Oh yeah yeah the score is out of 100 yes sorry the test is yeah, like the higher six questions or something yeah the higher the score the more on the extroverted side you are and the lower the more introverted you are so I scored like a 44. Yep. And what did you get on that? I got an 87. <laughs> I'm almost surprised it wasn't higher, to be honest with you. <laughs> so I did take it the first time, and I got a 92, but I ne- I lost the, like, the description of it. and So so you I, got a 92 then, dude. Well, then I took it again, so then it gave me an 87. But yes, I am extremely extroverted um on every test i've ever taken when it comes to that kind of stuff i'm always extra i'm always an a student in that one so all right so what about it did you want to get into then well so i think it's i think it's fascinating i think it's um i think it's one of the i'm a big fan of personality tests in general i always have been but i think it's one of those that is really can be very impactful when it comes to just our everyday life. And I think it's really important that people take the time to figure out and in an honest way, figure out what exactly we are. And I think that I deal with it a lot because my spouse, Renee, who still hates the show, by the way, uh, God, so bad. So I think she is very introverted and I think, and I am very extroverted but I say very, yeah, she's about almost as introverted as you. So it's just, there's certain challenges that we've had as a relate, as a husband and wife and as you know, in our social lives and stuff, but it, she's always, and she's not the only one I've, I've heard a lot that it's almost like as an introvert, you, that's a negative thing. It's like a negative connotation just because you're an introvert. And I think that that's kind of ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. It's just who you are. And so there's, See, there's I don't, just a I don't feel that it. that I don't feel there's been a negative connotation necessarily to it. So oh, is that just crazy. your is that just your viewpoint as an extrovert? No, no, no. I think that um, in even some of these articles that I read, a lot of them in the psychology psychologists even said that like we live in a very extroverted um, kind of like pro extrovert society. Where like put yourself out there, be more confident, be louder, speak up, all these things, which is much more of a a natural tendency for extroverts kind of can do those things more naturally and feel more comfortable doing them than introverts do. And a lot of them were saying that it has nothing to do with like bravery. It doesn't mean that these people are more confident. It's just that like they're literally wired to be louder <laughs> And just more comfortable around a lot of people. He and can't it, control what comes out of his mouth. It's just yeah, never exactly, <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> I was born this way. Damn it! Uh, you know what? I can say though, like I, I kind of understand where, like, if there's someone who's especially social anxiety or people who struggle really bad socially, will they be like, oh, well, they're just introverts? Yeah, exactly. And it's like it's like well, no, no, because introverts actually has nothing to do with a a social shortfall or inability, right? Like Correct. there's there's people exactly. who can have social anxiety, and that has nothing to do with being an introvert. So yeah, I could see where maybe the association there would be a problem. Um, yeah, you get into like a sales organization, and again, the the stereotype is that an introvert is going to be. Um, at a disadvantage, but really in reality, I mean, some of the most successful salesmen in the world, Ben Feldman is the, he guy was a guy that for New York life, who sold the more, most life insurance, like in history, the dude was so introverted. Like he couldn't, uh, when he did speaking engagements for New York life, cause they like, I mean, he's like breaking all these just insane records. 
He had right. to sit behind a screen so that no one could see him, and he couldn't see the audience. And then they would mic him. Like that's how much like he couldn't be in front of people like that. I mean, the wow. dude was like crazy introverted, and yet he's one of the most insane salesmen ever. So, what's well, interesting when you talk about how you know the how yes in society it is kind of like people who are loud and out there bigger than life personalities tend to be at the forefront and succeed sure. me though because for me as an introvert some the most impactful leaders or people that i've looked up to have been like those quiet professionals who yeah. almost almost in their their quietness like has this command presence at the same time they can be yeah. quiet and calculated and introverted. And there's almost something to, hey, the parent who screams at their kid 24-7, that kid never reacts when you scream. Right. When you do it all the time. It doesn't mean anything after no, it's a just, while. It's just the, every, it's, the, parent, the parent that is just cool and even keel and then all of a sudden just like something pushes them over they, and, like, and then they, they, they whip it out. Those kids are like, whoa. Like you react, you said they whip it out. Like, no, I mean, I meant like whip it on is what I wanted to say. If I said whip it out, uh, <laughs> I do not endorse exposing yourself to minors. Yeah, that would scare the shit out of me if I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> that would get their whip attention. Whip it out, though. chase them. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly one way to parent. Dad, and, stop uh, being so, <laughs> stop being so introverted. Stop it. <laughs> No, but those guys who like never really talked and like yeah. were a lot more quiet, like when they would then speak and like, especially when they had, you know, they got animated or they had, you know, they got amped up. Like people were like, whoa, like they listened. Absolutely. So for me, I always, I took more and maybe it's because I am introverted and I know that that would be more of like my style. Maybe that's why I noticed it more or that it, it that I, it, it drew more effect for me than the just loud mouths that just run their mouth all day. And you're just like, dude, if you don't shut up, like nothing you say, I just mute you at this point. It's absurd. Yeah. So with that test that, that we took, I thought it was, uh, it does kind of at the very end, it gives like some points for extroverts and introverts to on how to better react and like handle each other. And so we'll go over those here in a minute, but um, I did want to kind of, I guess define it. There's some, the one that was a very common one that I've heard before. And I, and I read it a bunch in a few of these articles is first off, if you are, you are probably an extrovert or mostly extroverted. So a lot of this was like, it's a spectrum, right? So it's not a, you can't, you're not just one or the other. You're either, it's not right. that black and white, right? So you're either more extroverted or more introverted. And so, Obviously, me being very extroverted, <clears throat> it just means that you generally draw energy. And one of the, the kind of the leading theories, I guess, or definitions is if you – an extrovert is someone who is much more socially um, geared. So they basically draw their energy and they gain energy from being around people. And the more mm -hmm. people and bigger and bigger groups, like they feel more comfortable there, they they feel more energized by that deal by that situation. Introverts need much more time uh, in solitude or very small groups of people, one or two, or by themselves to recharge and feel more energized. Like they have to recharge either alone or with like one or two people. And extroverts recharge their batteries for the most part when they're around a lot of people and there's a lot more going on and blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of the very vague or very general way of explaining the two personalities. Now there's always, I would agree with that because yeah. big social settings like sound exhausting to me, like yeah. thinking about them, like I get like, and I would imagine that from an extrovert side, like that gets them more amped up. No. Yeah. Like, perfect. Th th there's a difference is... there. Perfectly, perfect example is like I'll I'll have a week where I'm really tired or I'm really exhausted and it was just a it was just a long week right lots of work lots of doing stuff and things and events and kids practices and all this stuff and I'll get to Friday and it's like a group of friends of mine will be like hey do you want to 
I go be, I can come home and be like, man, I am so tired. I'm just exhausted. And then a friend will be like, hey, me and a few guys are going to go out and have a couple of beers. You want to go? And I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. Yeah, let's go. That sounds fun. Let's do that. <laughs> that's just the pick me up I need. Yeah, that's exactly what I need right now. And I'll go do it. And that's great. And like the other week, Renee got home. It's just been a beating of a week for work and everything else. And she gets home and uh, a couple of friends or a few of her girlfriends or whatever, like, hey, we're going to do a women like a girl's wine night or whatever at my house. Do you want to come? And she was just like, no. <laughs> that like, sounds so unappealing. Yeah, she's like, I'm not going. I'm I'm exhausted. I just yeah. said I'm exhausted. I was like, and I just started laughing because I was like, man, I just to me that just doesn't seem like a big deal. Just to different. me, it's yeah, it's just con- like I would just go because that sounds nice. Like that sounds relaxing to me. Is sitting with like four or five friends and having a beer. Like that sounds great. That sounds exactly like what I want to do when I'm tired, which makes no, which you know, makes no sense. Really. So when I was like, reading. When I was reading some of this, and I want to get your opinion on it too, they talk about how, like, okay, in a group setting, like extroverts will be more, in like more impacted by the energy and mood of the the people they're with, whereas introverts look more and get more self satisfaction internally mm-hmm. than stimulated externally. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what, I, I can see that in myself in times where I'm like, everyone's around and they're like having a terrible time in a super bad mood. And like, I'm like, I'm having a great day. And like, I don't like, none of this is affecting me at all. Like the, like your guys's whole demeanor is not downing on me at all because I'm good. And so like, I'm not as affected by other people's moods like that. And like, is that something that you see as an extrovert where you do feed off the moods of who you're with or that can affect you in a negative way? Um, would it bug you if you were in a group and everybody was just like down and out? I wouldn't yeah. care if 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 internally I was in a good spot that day. I'd be like, I mean, this doesn't. This is your gut. This is a you problem. I don't. I don't mind. I can have <laughs> yeah. as good a time with you guys moping <laughs> around than if you're, you know. Yeah, this is it might be a little speed. more fun if you were, <laughs> you know, a little more animated. But it's not going to ruin my day. I'm cool with it. No, I I think so. I guess. I, and I I want. I don't know that. You know, I didn't find anything that said that extroverts are like naturally more empathetic to other people's feelings. But I definitely think that if you get into a group where everyone's down, everyone's just like there's no energy there. It's I definitely think you're I don't feel as energized by it where I'm not like, all right, well, cool. We're all having fun. It's like, man, this kind of blows like it's a different like I don't go to a funeral and like and feel happy about it right like i don't man this is exhilarating i'm here at this funeral and there's 50 all i can think about all i can think about now is that i'm like colin robinson the energy vampire from (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe that's my superpower as an introvert all over my my maybe maybe that's what i am as an introvert I have the superpower to suck the energy yeah. of people who are miserable because it doesn't affect me. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, what, what's the show called? What uh, we do in the shadows. God. What we do in the shadows. Yes. On FX. Oh my god! It is. It's on Hulu. If you have it, it's an FF, FXX show. I think it is so funny. Yes. And, uh, it's very dry. I, just go watch it. Awesome. I don't even want to tell you. I, I don't even want to say anything more than like go watch it and just. Watch Colin Robinson, and you'll know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, that's definitely you. So, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I've never. It's and again, it it definitely is different. It depends on like I'm. I, I don't. It's not like you're some kind of like sociopath, so I can't or some psycho where I, I do get into a funeral and there's 500 people there, and I'm like, oh, look at this big crowd. I love this. It's just, <laughs> it's <Jeez. laughs> right. Like it's not like that at all. It's just. But if you get in a group of friends that are having fun. And or just hanging out. I mean, even if we're not like it doesn't it's not like everybody has to be like, I don't know, like doing blow and throwing money at strippers. We just got to like hang out no, and yeah, relax yeah. and just have a good you know, a fire. I mean, that goes back to what you're talking about with a spectrum. Everyone is like I, I need social interaction. Yeah, and absolutely. I actually am, and I actually thrive in social situations in big parties. I just don't ever want, like seek it out. I'm never like, oh, man. I need to go and have this big interaction or, you know, I'm, I've been missing having parties with people. It's like anytime they happen and when they come around, they're great. And I always have a blast, 
But if I'm sitting here and it's like, what do you want to do tonight? And I'll be like, I don't really want to do anything. I don't know. I don't want to. I certainly yeah, totally don't. Fine it's not going to be my here. first choice to go hang out with a bunch of people, even though I have, you know, a great time whenever I do. Yeah. So I think, you know, and, and I think one of the questions in, in, we were talking about before is it, you know, is one better than the other? And, and I don't think that's the case at all. And I do think that people, man, I've had people tell me before and, and it's usually not the people I grew up with, but it's other people. Uh, and they'll say like, man, you just, I bet you've just never met a stranger. And like, I wish I was more like that. And you just must have such a, an easy time, like networking or getting to know people, making friends. And yeah, I mean, to a certain circumstance I have made, um, I, I do have a decently easy time making friends, but, uh, I do, it's, it's, it's not, it's just the way I am. Like, there's nothing wrong with the way that that person is either. And so I thought this was a really good point that this psychiatrist said. So I, I copy and paste it and I'm going to read it, but it says introverts have a lot of chemical, a lot of the chemical that makes them feel stimulated. Extroverts don't have so much of it. This is why introverts tend to avoid crowded places or deadlines, things that are likely to put extra pressure on them because they already have enough pressure within themselves. It's like you already have enough of this chemical that makes you feel aroused and not like sexually aroused. Calm down. So Stimulated. Yeah. So then it says, so extroverts don't have enough of this arousal chemical. So to complete things or have a good time, they need to feel that they are ready for action and seek out places where there's pressure. It has nothing to do with confidence. It has to do with pressure and arousal. The psychologist's name is Blair. How extroverted and introverted you are is something you need to wear. You need to work with it, live with it, and use it to your advantage. I think that's, I mean, you're a great example of that in just that you are extroverted, you are outgoing, it's easy for you, and, and you know, in fact, energizes you at times, so that social interaction. So you're in a job and a career space where that is such a key tool in your success. It's like, 100%. wow, that's a great job in identifying your strength as an extrovert and targeting that towards your career choice. Like, that's just smart. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, and it, you know, then when you do things that you're naturally good at, you tend to like them more. So usually you're a little bit more satisfied back to when we talked about our careers. Like if you choose a career you're better at it, it, it matches your strengths, then you're probably going to be more successful. The more successful are you are in it, the more you probably enjoy it. Um, but you know, and then it also, like when I got into this job, it was actually one of my, um, a corporate guy that basically pointed out and he's like, you are, good in like groups and crowds and like working with people like that. So he encouraged me. He's like, I have some agents and no agents that as far as marketing or getting referrals and different things, like he does not think that going to networking groups is a good idea. He's like, for you, it's a great idea. You should go to networking groups and go to as many as you want to go to because your personality and the way you are, that's a good place for you to go and it will work for you. It's not a waste of time. And that's definitely been, that's proven true. I, I do a good job of networking and, and for the most part, enjoy them. They do get exhausting because I am not, you know, a sociopath, but, um, I'm almost a sociopath, just not all. The well, way. yeah, maybe <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. It it's interesting. I came across this article that had these 13 debates, the most absurd debates between like kind of the misconceptions of extroverts versus introverts. And I wanted to mm -hmm. see, I want to read a couple and see what you had to say. Um, okay. What you think about them. The first one is extroverts talk too much. Introverts talk too little. There is no standard about how much talking is okay. Um, <laughs> you talk too much, bro. And I'll, I don't, maybe I won't, I won't blame that on the extroverts apparently based off of this, but like, I'm sure there's introverts who can talk just as much in certain situations. It is kind of an absurd thing because you're just talking in general. Like, yeah. I don't understand the context of it, but I'm sure there's people who are out there 
doing, you know, doing speeches, literally touring and talking to people, motivational speakers, business professionals who are some of the most introverted people you would never know about who are just able to do as much as, you know, it, it's just, it's, it might wear on them more, but you might never even know which one of them are introverts or extroverts. So yeah, absolutely. As far as the standard rule of talking, how much talk okay, or that extroverts talk too much and introverts talk too little, that doesn't, I, I'm, I'm sure extroverts on average probably talk a little more or have an easier time talking, but I bet it's not that th as, as big of a gap as you'd think. That See, seems like uh, that part thing. I disagree with. I think that most extroverts do talk a lot more um, because a lot of some of the stuff that I've been reading, and I do agree because I'm very extroverted. My son is very extroverted. I talk a ton, probably talk too much. I think some of it is the amount I talk. <laughs> has a little bit to do with being ADHD and the fact that I'll forget halfway through or I get on these tangents and I go down a thousand <laughs> rabbit holes. Um, but me and my son both think out loud half the time. And it talked about some of this stuff is like introverts will be more introspective when they're trying to figure things out or have, if there's an issue they're trying to figure out or a problem at work or a, a challenge and they're trying to figure it out, they go inside themselves and they, they, you know, they go introverted and they think it through and they're more just, it's in their mind. And then extroverts, we do the opposite. So we want to like bounce ideas off of you and you're with me and you are the partner. So it's like, Hey, I need to talk at you when really I'm kind of just thinking to my, I'm trying to work it out of my own head, but I'm doing it out loud. I'm just, I'm not even talking to you. I'm just talking at you, but it's gotta be out loud. My son does it all day, every day. And he's like, I'm like, what are you talking, who are you talking to? And he's like, I don't know. Like, what are you saying? He's like, I don't know. What am I, what did I say? <laughs> He's just thinking, but it's always out loud. Right. And I think that's something that I, I do think we talk more. Uh, but I think it's not like we're just having a conversation. I think it's because half the time we're, even when we think it's out loud. Well, this, so, okay. That's interesting because the fifth one on this is extroverts speak without thinking and mm -hmm. introverts are doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> It does. It, I, I do think that, that we are, you know, and like this, this personality test, they'll, it talked about that as well, as far as like extroverts are tended, like, let's, let's just go, like, let's do it now. Let's make a decision. Let's go. Like, uh, let's just go. Let's, let's make this thing happen. And I think when you get around extra introverts, it, it start it feels like they're just not doing anything and you just get frustrated and I get frustrated. I'm like, let's, like, come on, like, let's go. I mean, even with Renee, I'm like, let's like, so let's just do it. Like make a decision. Mm. Let's just freaking figure it out. Let's go. I want to, you want to do something? I want to do something. Let's, uh, let's go. Where, where do you want to go? I don't know. Let's get in the car and go. We'll figure it out. Right. Which makes sense. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. We, did, I had to do these personality tests. Like we were talking, I think it's like, like the Myers Briggs, maybe Yep. something like that. That's a big and one. Yeah. When you're like a red <laughs> personality, you're like, let's just do it right now. And if you're a blue personality, you're like, okay, well, let's analytically think about it because I want to do it right. Mm -hmm. And when you're working in like a team setting or in work, you're like, okay, well, you're, you're wanting to go and you're getting anxious and anxiety when you're sitting there and the blue analytical one is trying to talk through it. And you're like, we just need to go. And he's getting anxiety because you're like, if we just go, we're not going to do it right. And so there's like, there's crazy balances within how people react and understanding that like, it's not even about, Oh, you think your way is right. And your way is right. It's like, you're literally wired in a manner that the way you want to approach a problem is literally giving another person anxiety because of like the, <laughs> yeah. the method that you're going about doing it. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. The, uh, exactly. No, I, and this deal here is talks about cognitive orientation. So my score is 85, which out of a hundred. So it's very, again, extroverted. And it talked about, it says that. So cognitive orientation is the manner in which you process thoughts, emotions, and life experiences in general. So it says, uh, think as you go, <laughs> you enjoy bouncing ideas off of other people and will quite often turn them, turn to them for input on your thoughts, feelings. And yeah, does it sound any, sound familiar with the podcast feelings or any difficulties you may be facing unlike individuals who are much more inwardly oriented people with an outer orientation rarely hesitate to talk things out with those close to them 
They often choose to rely on other people's advice to not only help them better understand themselves, but the world as a whole. All in all, they prefer to reflect upon life and experience its many triumphs and tragedies in many in the company of others rather than alone. I mean, it's just that 100 percent relates with me because I never want to ask for help. I never want to. Uh -huh. I I will I will go through a terrible time in life, go back and reflect and wish all day every day that I was more extroverted in those situations and then no matter what my initial tendency will always be to do everything at all costs on my own without having to involve anyone else like 100% yeah. to my destruction. <laughs> <laughs> but but so, seriously man, like that's just how like there is nothing more uncomfortable the, even the thought of going to my parents. Like I used to, when I was in college, man, and I, we needed to like, I needed to borrow money for rent or whatever. When we were at Kerr, dude, the thought of that, like I would get like sick to my stomach, like having to make that yeah. call. Even if I had to make the call for, to ask him to transfer money for rent that like he was go like, I already knew he said like, yes, I will pay for your rent. I still hated at all. And we're talking so like, mind him. My parents, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. So I can definitely relate to that. And I, and some, I, I, there's probably half of times in my life where like that has not been to my benefit. Yeah. And, I mean, and I think that again, there's weaknesses and there's strengths in both sides. And then, uh, so understanding those and, and being okay with it. And I think that, um, I think that's a big deal. You've got to understand who you are as a person if you're extroverted, if you're introverted, so what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And then use them and, and don't get, I think it helps with frustration and not being as frustrated with yourself. Cause there's nothing more frustrating for me than in all honesty, like when people tell me and they, and we laugh and we joke that at how much I talk and that I talk too much, but it's because there, I, there are times where I'm like in my own brain, I'm like, shut the fuck up, just shut up. But it's like, I'm, I need to get all these like these thoughts out of my head and I can't do it in a quick manner or <laughs> at all. I just got to talk it through. And it's like, sometimes it's just emotion. Sometimes it's other things. So I just monologue my life to get it all out. Pretty much. Absolutely. And it's like, even, even <laughs> while doing it, my brain's like, shut up. And it just doesn't stop. And it's, it's fresh. That gets so frustrating. And then, so reading some of this stuff kind of made me feel more like, all right, well, at least I'm not just completely enable. Like, it makes more sense why I'm so prone to talking out my thoughts and feelings and how I think things should be whatever. And um, it at least makes more sense. And, and so that makes me a little bit less frustrated with myself, um, which, again, I think that, you know, and they talk about this a lot. This is like for introverts and extroverts to just stop stop beating yourself up for some of these things and some of the deals that the way, essentially the way you're made, because there's pretty much no changing it. You're either one way or you're, 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 if you're more extroverted, there's not, it's very hard to get you to go back the other way. And I think that's a big deal. And dude, if I think, I agree, I think it takes, it takes development to get more comfortable. But I like, like I said, like before there's people who've probably you've heard who you assumed were extroverted that aren't who are able right. in the setting whatever setting they need to be in whether it's a personal or professional or whatever who can say okay i'm gonna i still need social interaction but i can i can do this just you know as well mm -hmm. as an extrovert i'm just not going to have want to or like will want to do it as much as them and that's okay and yeah it's what you said it comes through Per personal and professional development to get to a point where you can say, okay, well, I'm going to get beyond this and do what I have to do in these situations. And then, you know, after the fact, I'm going to recharge in a different way. And I, I think that happens more often than not, honestly, I really do. Because I think to a point, there is no like true introvert that can make it in a lot of different areas of life. Like sure. if, if you don't force to be out of your, you know, innate, innately like introverted shell, like you're not gonna, it, it doesn't work. So I don't think, I think most people are able to, to balance that, but. So here's a couple things where it talks about. So this is, these are the tips of understanding introverts and I'll read out some of these understanding extroverts for you to just 
just to help you cope with your co-host. I don't. So I don't need. I, dude, I know. I've lived it. I've lived with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so think. Tell me if this is true, though. It says, <clears throat> "Don't put them on the spot." This is understanding introverts. Don't put them on the spot or force them to make snap decisions, especially in front of other people in class meetings or at work. Introverts prefer having time to gather their thoughts and thoroughly think things through. If you want a well-informed response or quality work, you'll get it. Just give them some time. So I, there's been time, there's been plenty of times where I've been like, why don't they just give me a little more time to give them something better than this? But the point of whatever the exercise or anything was, was like, Hey, we need a quick. So I can definitely relate to that. I'm not, I don't, it's not too bad for me on like being put on the spot. I I feel like I've fairly quick witted or I I can gather myself fast enough to where that doesn't bug me as much. But I certainly, I certainly think though, like normally when someone's like, okay, I'm going to start randomly calling on people or whatever. Yeah. I'm usually sitting there like, don't call on me because I, I'm not down. Like, I just want to sit here and listen. Do you think the snap decision stuff <clears throat> got, do you think that stuff improved or changed when, uh, through the Marine Corps? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I would say so. I think so. I think you, you get, well, I think, all, I think with, I think, it, I think with age, you get to a point where you're like, I don't give a shit what these people think of me. Even if I work with them, what do I care about these people? When you're young in high school, what you know, you care a little bit more about all the dumb stuff of people. Maybe you don't, of course, but you're uh, more susceptible to it. Too, yeah, I feel like once I start having kids and you get older, it also just comes with age, where you're just like, even if I look like an idiot, what the hell do I care about these people? Sure. Well, you care more so when you're that extroverted. You got to be friends with them all. <clears throat> okay, what about yeah. <laughs> what about introverts generally don't like last minute changes in plans. They're very methodical and like to follow a certain schedule. If you're going to cancel an outing with an introvert or need them to get something done before a deadline, give them a sufficient heads up. Yeah, I'll buy that. I really, I like to plan stuff out. I mean, I can be spontaneous. I can be spontaneous just fine, but I really like to plan things out. And what about like how, how annoyed or much stress or anxiety does it give you if things like immediately like that you plan something out then all of a sudden like the last minute the plan changes if it's if it's like a friend or someone outside probably won't bug me as much if it's like in the family yeah i'll get pissed (laughs) (laughs) my blood will boil yeah there it is (laughs) so yeah uh, I feel like those two were were the big ones. Um, (laughs) Here's one. (laughs) Extroverts are often known to think out loud. Granted, it may seem as though they're jumping from one random thought to the next, or they may keep repeating themselves. Okay, but this is the matter in which they generate ideas, solutions, and better understand the world overall. Despite what they may think, extroverts don't purposely hijack conversations or speak at length on an issue because they enjoy the sound of their own voice. They simply have a great deal they wish to express. <laughs> Fact. Uh-huh. I uh, think that that is some of it. Um, I think one thing here is party and fun are not on, the only two words in an extrovert's vocabulary. There are many who don't mind spending a quiet night at home as long as they've got some company, which I think that's true too. I think you get, I get worn out with like groups, big groups. And then it's like, but if I'm, you know, if it's me and Renee and like another couple and we're just going to hang out and relax, then like, that's fine. Like that's totally cool. Right. Um, That kind of also, I think probably is a good medium for Renee as someone who's more introverted too. Correct. Because that's a much more comfortable social setting for an introvert. And it's interesting when you talk about the dynamic between couples who differ so vastly with that, because so much of what you might want to do could sound just be exhausting for her. And then what she wants to do, what she wants to do can just, you just be like, this is boring. Like what we're like to you, it might seem like you're not doing anything. Let's do something for her. You know, it can be as important to recharge like that. And like that I can see where without knowing really what your partner is like in that respect can be 
like you can have issues without even knowing why you're having those issues. Yeah. And, and so I think it's taken us, it's taken us a while now. And because again, so she's a 47, I'm a basically 92. So we're very far apart. You and Eve are not near as far apart, right? No, I'm 44 and she's a 67, which I feel like is at a good range. Cause I feel like I can flex around there and she probably flexes down towards me. You right. and Renee are just, you're on the opposite spectrum. Yeah, not even close. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's taken us quite a bit. We, we've been married for almost 11 years, and it, we're finally getting to we, – we have gotten to a place now where, you know, like she likes the one-on-one time, occasionally going out with another couple and that are good friends. And that's kind of it. Um, quality time. Like, and that's a quality time where she wants quality time where it's just me and her quality time for me is spending time with her and at least one other couple. But a lot of times I I like it if it's like two or three or four couples and it's usually people that I don't, we don't get a chance to see a lot. So I'm like, yeah, let's just stack them all in there. Let's go to dinner with 15 people uh, that we can all have a great time. And um, you know, that's affected our way of like, we've had to learn how to like maintain social life slash friends, um, you know, changing. So changing plans is a big deal. Um, especially for her, um, that, that kind of like she, if she's planning on doing one thing this weekend and that's all we're going to do. And then I stack on like three more things or we change it up. She gets pretty frustrated Dude, because we have to like mentally prepare for what we're doing. And so when you change that, then all of a sudden it's like, and then usually it gets changed for another, like extroverted event and you're like (laughs) exactly (laughs) yo i don't have time to pivot my mental (laughs) faculties over there i was over i was all directed this way all week one yeah (laughs) and then you just said we're going out to eat with like six other agents and their wives and it's it's interesting what you said though when you said so if like for instance hanging out like quality time with renee with other couples So like if you guys are hanging out at home just like watching a movie, that's like probably way more quality time in Renee's mind than it is yours. 100%. And so how like if you don't know that from the other side, how are you going to then as as you know, how is Renee going to know how to cater to what you think is quality time when as an introvert, I'd be like, this is great. We're sitting here having a great, you know, night just us and the movies and like, you know, this is awesome. And for you, you're like, you know, okay, when are we going to spend time together? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, that's where I'm like, I mean, this is, this is cool, but like, why are we just sitting around? Let's go out. And while we're going out, I'm going to go ahead and call like three of their friends and see if their wives want to go because it'll be fun. And, and that's, man, it's (laughs) through lots of arguing, uh, (laughs) we have learned constructive arguing. I've I have learned that um that's not completely normal for everyone. <laughs> and um you know, I I think one of the ones that we've had to really is also like when you make plans like we've gotten to a point now which I think is really good where she will just flat out say like if I have plans we do something like every weekend or and we'll have like what sometimes it's like work and it just gets stacked onto things. It's not all just me. Hmm. And but then she'll be like, "Hey, I'm like, I'm done. Like I'm fried. So this, I need a weekend or two where like you we just you don't plan anything. And if yeah. you're going to go do something like you're doing it by yourself, cause I'm not, I'm just out. Like I can't do it. I got, I need some time to sit home and just recharge. And now, you know, before five, six, 10 years ago, that was not a conversation. It was usually an argument or me being an ass. Now it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I get that. Roger that totally understands. Um, because I I love being busy. I love mm-hmm. it's exhausting. I, occasionally, I need a, I need a break, but for the most part, man, I love like doing stuff. Like the quarantine about killed me. Um, I just need, I like being around people, doing stuff, having things to do, and just it's almost like a the challenge of just having to like keep it all up in the air kind of makes me happy. And for her, she just want to blow her brains out. She's like, this sucks. Like, I'm exhausted. Is Renee, it's funny. Is Renee, because for me, if I have like a weekend where it's like, hey, we can't plan anything. Like, I need to recharge. When I have that understanding, I'm I'm like, now I'm mentally focused. I'm, I'm like having a weekend where I can actually recharge. 
I'm way more likely to be spontaneous in that weekend having the the understanding that nothing is planned. I still have the opportunity to just go back, no obligations if I need to, or just like spend time and recharge. I'm more likely to also be like, hey, okay, let's go do all this stuff. But once we make plans and it changes, like it, it like fries me, like I'm done. Then I just like shut down. I don't want to do anything. I don't know. Is Renee like that? Yes, she definitely gets, she definitely will shut down if things change. If plans change, it's game over. It's not game over. She just gets pissed or she gets, or she just gets like anxious about it and like it stresses her out. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, just, it's no big deal. Just relax and just go with the flow. And that's just not how it works. She's like, no, I need, like, I, it just, that's not relaxing. That's, that's very stressful to like, I had all these things planned out. I exactly knew what was going on, what was going to happen, how things were going to work. And now that's not going to, that's not the case anymore. And that drives her nuts. And it's not like, again, you know, just like the stereotype of an introvert, she's not like, she's very active. Like she loves hiking. We love going outside and like walking or walking the dog or whatever. She just doesn't want and to. And she's very social. People. She's yeah, super she social too. Oh, 100%. She's not awkwardly like, socially awkward she's not super shy or anything like that she's just not she doesn't like attention and she doesn't like she's just not me like when it's totally when we <laughs> no, get together not. and we're in this we're in the same spot man i can't tell you how many like agent friends i have who met me first and then they finally met her and they're like how the hell are you married to him like i have wanted to meet you for so long like what do you do with this and she's like i don't i don't even pay attention to him half the time like i don't even know what he says and you know, because it's just, but that's how she, like, she, it's not that she doesn't, she just wants to sit on the couch and do nothing. She hates that too. She just doesn't want to do it with other people. She's like, hey, let's right. just go on a walk, just me and you. I don't, we don't need to invite the neighbors to go walk with us. And I'm like, man, who have we not seen in a while? It'd be really nice to go walk with this person. So, yeah. But yeah, I think, uh, I think, you know, getting a hold, getting an understanding of who you're at, who you're with especially, I mean, in work, it's a big deal and all that. But I think the biggest one is, is your spouse and learning how to balance that. That's definitely helped us, you know, until we really started talking about being introverted, extroverted. That's, that is when, once we kind of like made that a thing, that's when Renee was very, it's, it's much easier to con uh, communicate with each other when she's like, mm -hmm. look, I'm done. Like I'm fried. We've had a lot of social stuff kind of at my limit you know i'm I'm kind of done so I'm, then i get it like cool we just need to we need to relax and not going to play anything for the next few weeks whatever um so i think that's and i think deal, it's man. also i think it's also easier for a spouse to say okay i'm going to do this because you want to knowing that this is for you what me staying in or having the non-social time like that's as important to you yeah so it's yeah. not just like hey it's not that i it's not like oh i don't want to spend time with you i just want to go out with my buddies and that's why we're doing this all the time or something like that it's like no this for me is as important as your solitude is to you and so if you come together and understand it and then obviously compromise and you know be reasonable that yeah. makes it a lot easier i'm it's probably there was probably times where she was just like, my God, does he just not want to be alone with me? Yes, 100%. Oh, my God, we've had that conversation multiple times in the, in the past. Now, we don't, have, we don't have that much. Right, now anymore. you guys have a, a good grip on it. Well, a better, I would say a better grip on it. Well, look, um, a grip on it, I'm not saying you have perfect execution. Correct, there you go. Like, it, it's definitely like, well, what's the deal? Like, why don't you want to just, and I'm like, I... And at the time, especially in the past, like what, I didn't know how to explain it either. I'm like, I don't know. Like I, I love spending time with you, but I also want to go out and spend time with you and everyone else together. Like, why can't we yeah. all just do it together? <laughs> and she's like, because that sounds terrible. And so now we're, <laughs> we're getting, it, it's getting better where there's some give and take where now I'm, I'll not do those things. And then she'll she understands that at times she's just going to have to do those things and whether it she's going to feel a little bit less comfortable or whatever and i'm going to feel a little bored but it's not going to be a big deal you know it's just for each other's sanity yeah no it's definitely it's definitely important it's definitely interesting stuff too 
Yeah, man. I think there's, I think it's, it's, I think it seems like it's gotten bigger, but it's definitely a, um, uh, an important piece of, uh, you know, who we are, who you are as a person to understand. I forgot because to mention, it affects so much as, as we sorry, as we wrap this up though, I forgot to mention that, uh, I got an email that the County I live in here in Colorado, Weld County is as of today lifted all COVID restrictions, which was like awesome because we live in a small town where like, we don't have any big chains. It's all like mom and pop locally wow, owned yeah. restaurants yeah, and everything. Good. So for that to have like, there's still like, there's still mass stuff, but as far as like capacity and everything, no restrictions. So now that like businesses can operate how they want and like, good, it's exciting to see, man. I think, yeah, that's are, awesome. Uh, things are turning around on that. Yeah. We've been open for a while now. Uh, when I say a while, oh, maybe, like a, maybe a month. Texas is so great. Well, and I think you keep talking, Hey, keep talking it up. And then all these Californians going to keep coming, man. You're going to reap what you sell real quick, brother. I, they're going to just vote it down. But I think eventually, <laughs> like when they, what was funny was when Abbott came out and it was like, look, we're not going to do like capacity restrictions anymore. And we're not going to require masks. So they're not requiring masks. But all he said was that we're just not going to tell businesses what they can and can't do. It's up to the business now. If they require masks, then you got to wear a mask. If they don't require masks, then you don't have to wear a mask. That's all he did. And like 90% of the places we go right now still require masks. No big deal. You just, they want you yeah. to wear a mask, you wear a mask. You just have like, it when you go if you need it. The government's just out of the way now. And, but I do think that the capacity stuff's a big deal and it's just important. So I think yeah, it's cool. I was just, yeah, I was glad to, I was happy to see that these small businesses can get back to. Heck yeah, man. That's a huge that, deal. Yeah, that was, that's just brutal. But yeah, wear a mask. Well, Who gives a shit? Just wear a mask, let people, but let's, let's let the business be open. Well said. Indeed, All right, buddy. Sir. All right, man. Thanks well, for listening, um, everybody. Yeah, another episode uh, in the books, and um, uh, we'll see you next week. All right, buddy. Bye. See you, man. This has been the Beyond Our Service podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, tell your friends all about us. This show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available. And if you'd like to reach out, please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think. Find out how you can be a part of the show. See you next time.